He's blunt, but he's fair. This is Drew Berquist, former counterterrorism officer, realist, and host of This Is My Show, which starts now. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. And the crowd goes wild. I'm Drew Berkowitz. This is my show. That was Donald J. Trump announcing his candidacy for president, kicking off his campaign live from Mar-a-Lago last night. Going to get into that more here in just a few minutes, show you some other clips. But a couple administrative things real quick, okay? There will be no booze and banter today. There is some craziness going on here. We're going to probably have an extended show, so everyone will just get to take part in some extra fun and good old times here at Red Beach Studios. Um, but no booze and banter today. Also, sorry to say it, there will not be a show tomorrow or Monday. I will be on the road, um, so we won't have that. In 2023, which is just so weird even saying, uh, we've got some plans for guest hosts and, and different all sorts of stuff. So there'll, there'll be le- there hasn't been many days off this year, but there'll be less days off next year. So... Just reminding you, I'll remind you again later in the show. Lots to get to today, though. We've got more on Mar-a-Lago. McConnell still thinks he's the guy. I don't know why. An update of what's going on over in Poland with those two missiles that we talked about as that news broke yesterday. We got some Raphael Warnock news, some John Fetterman stuff to get into. Lots, and I mean lots. If we have time, we'll get into some Justin Trudeau stuff, some Daryl Brooks stuff, Michigan school books, you name it. But for now, let's get into the question of the day, which has nothing to do with any of the things that I just said. But you're going to need to know this going into Thanksgiving. It could it could involve Thanksgiving feasts. Which, again, you should be stretching for right now, finding those stretchy clothes to go along with your Thanksgiving festivities. But it might not have anything to do with, with Thanksgiving. The question is this. What is the best leftover food? We've touched on parts of this in different ways. Different ways. But what is... Like what, what holds best or what's better after? What, what's your favorite thing to eat leftovers of? Okay. In, right. your, in your opinion. As you send in your responses, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Field of Greens. Guys... This is not, I just had a conversation actually this morning with someone who goes all in on organic, natural, good foods, taking care of your body because it is so crazy how many chemicals and pesticides are on all of our different foods. But that's not even the point. It's then crazy how many supplements and vitamins that people buy that are either synthetic or they're extracted from something. It's not the full plant, root, fruit, vegetable, what have you. So you end up getting nothing. You're just spending money for it. Field of Greens is not a supplement. It is a, it is a way of life, frankly. It gets you your six fruits and vegetables in a tasty drink. You put the powder in, you shake it up in the, in the cup that they send you, or anything for that matter. You pound it down. It tastes delicious. There's tons of flavors, and you get all of that. And the best news is it's organic. It's well-sourced. 
It's the real deal. You get all of that. It's right into your system. You're going to feel healthier. You're going to look healthier. You're going to have more energy. All of that stuff. Your, your labs are going to look better. It's a no-brainer. And the best news is we got you 15% off just for being a listener of the show. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com. Use promo code DREW. You'll save 15%. And, and if you subscribe, you'll get an additional 10% off. Get on over there. It just makes sense, guys. My, my family does it. I do it. It's, it's the smart thing to do. All right. <clears throat> fieldofgreens.com. Promo code DREW. Let's get to your responses. Let's get to your responses. Carrie Lynn says, mashed potatoes with turkey bowl meatloaf, says Carol Davis. Here's the question, Carol. Do you do meatloaf in its traditional form, or do you do like a meatloaf sandwich for leftovers? Because that can be fun, too. Just spice it up. Mm. Naked Beans, says Matilda. I love it. We're talking dirty already here on the show today. Um, <clears throat> baked Beans talking? is what she meant. Yeah, she means baked. She, she later corrected it to baked beans. Well, still, I mean... Naked beans, I would, I would get into that. I'd, I'd I'm, give it a shot. I'm very intrigued yeah, exactly. by naked beans. Tell me more, please. <laughs> Beef stew, meatloaf, just a couple. Honey! <laughs> <laughs> Do we got any of them naked beans? Uh, homemade sweet southern corn pudding. I guess you got to say it, homemade sweet southern corn pudding. Uh, you got to, you gotta, if you're going to have that many words in it. Um, pumpkin pie, says Mark Loney. Of course. Of course. Stuffing, says Jill. The turkey, Lindy Cat, dressing and gravy. Okay, again, you don't have to go with Thanksgiving meal, but but <clears throat> Thanksgiving leftovers are probably the best. Um, Maybe that's the question we asked next week, What's but we're already answering it now. Yeah. So. But we could do it again. Which, which, which we, but yeah, we do need to also talk about later in next week yes. about our Thanksgiving schedule. Obviously, so, no we'll episode Thursday. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do well, a recap at the end. Yeah, or we talked about maybe doing like a coffee session. Yeah, we might still something. we might still join you for a little cup of joe and just a little happy Thanksgiving kind of a maybe, message. Maybe, and maybe, some, maybe a little something some else stuff. in the coffee too. Who knows? Yeah, it's maybe, Thanksgiving, yeah, people. Tis the season. Got to get through it. Um, dressing <laughs> and gravy. I, I don't really mean that. I love the season. Everything about it. Um, uh, da 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 da. That's you know a lot, a lot more of the same. So almost any soups is Barb Rocks. What leftovers? Is feather catcher fair, fair cornbread beans with fried potatoes. I like it. Um. So I, I'm surprised there was no like leftover pizza. We had a conversation and a question about you know pizza cold eating. Pizza yeah, cold but but day. does but does I I I had some pizza for lunch. And I heat it up, and it's just—it's not the best left. Like it tastes great, but like it, really, it it's like, better you know, cold than it is heated up. Reheated yeah, up. yeah. Then heat. Oh, well, exactly. And so for me, I like the stuff that like congeal. Like give it time to congeal together. Like stuffing. I'll even do like a lasagna because right out of the oven, the lasagna is just molten lava, and it just <laughs> you know spills out everywhere. But at least when once it's set and cold, then you can you know bring it out, heat up, and then it's still all together. Right. You know, so I like stuff like that where it gives it time to marinate, you know. Okay. So I love, I love, we have a family, like uh, it's been passed down from generation, uh, generation, generation stuffing recipe that we use for the holidays. And I will make extra just so that I have leftovers. <laughs> like, oh, 15 people are coming this. Cool. We're going to make four pans. We only need three. We're making four. <laughs> like, oh, hell it's, yeah. It's, you have like, to. We're yeah. going, to, I mean, we do this every year, but we're, we're going to my mother's house. 
and we'll have the whole crew there, and there will be a crap ton of food. We are making a crap ton of food to bring there. We are making a whole entire extra meal of everything that you would have at Thanksgiving that will then be at at our house when yeah. we get back waiting for us. Like, it's no, you've got to have that. Yeah, it, it's funny because I've had people come over like, oh, don't grab that pan. Why? Because that's staying here. Why? Because tomorrow I'm making turkey sandwiches with yeah. stuffing on the side. Like, that's what's happening. Yeah, or, like, or maybe later tonight. Let's not rule it, it out. It, let's not rule it out, people, you know. You know what my favorite I'll I'll go with an answer um I'll I'll go it does have a weird blue glow around it. It's just you know sometimes the studio lights It's it's the backlight. It's the yes. blue backlight. If it I if we could tilt pop. we yeah, if uh, we could tilt the 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 camera up you see up, the blue see backlight. Yeah. There's a big blue bar back there. Um spaghetti and beef stew are always good leftovers. So I here you know what I really like? There's lots of things that I like left. I'm I'm pretty happy with leftovers. Mashed potatoes are good throughout the year leftover. Um, and the ones we make at Thanksgiving are legit, but I really love, I really love having turkey sandwiches afterwards, but here's how I do it. It's the simplest thing ever. Some people will put cranberry on it. Some people do this, that, and there. you get pumpernickel and it's not always easy to find that at least the good kind. So get it in advance, have a couple loaves of it. Cause one's never enough. And then I just lather it with, with mayonnaise salt put the turkey in there and then the t- the the flavor of the pumpernickel and the turkey and the mayo mutabane see yeah? I, I usually do like a sourdough or a rye okay and then well, rye and is kind of the same family yeah, yeah yeah and then i'll do um same thing salt mayonnaise but then a little bit of like spicy mustard okay and all right i'm in then you're in okay yeah. all right well you guys can keep that conversation going let us know what what other leftovers are awesome? Um, skillet pizza. Okay. I like it. Um, so we showed the announcement earlier. Trump, Trump's announcement. I, I, I don't think there's a person here who didn't see it or hear about it. So I don't think we have to rehash that clip and talk about it. But he made his announcement. And before he even made the announcement, to, you know, they had the, the live stream going live at 9, 8, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. Excuse me. And he really let the world know for sure. Everyone kind of knew it was going to happen. There was some speculation. We even talked about it here on Monday that after the midterms, they might not announce it, uh, but they did. They went ahead and did do it. And before the 9 o'clock event even started, we knew what was going to happen because, one, you could see 2024 on the the podium in the in the room where he spoke. <laughs> but, yeah. But also, he filed with the FEC. You can see the documents. Here, the paperwork was done moments before he took the stage. So it was a, a, a certainty what was going to happen and what was going to come out of Trump's mouth. And he got into a lot. So the kind of the overarching theme of the evening was when my administration was, was running things, we delivered and prices were low and there was peace and stability and there weren't wars overseas and yada, yada, yada. All good things. I don't say yada, yada, yada to discount it. But all the good things. And then fast forward to now. It was just a a comparison. Do you like this or do you like this? And everyone should agree that what we're doing right now, the state of our country is not good. But he got into some specific policies throughout the night, uh, such as this one right here. He talked about how he would stop overdoses in the United States. A huge problem. Here's what he said. 
responsible for death, carnage, and crime all over our country. Every drug dealer during his or her life on average will kill 500 people with the drugs they sell, not to mention the destruction of families. But we're going to be asking everyone who sells drugs, gets caught selling drugs, to receive the death penalty for their heinous acts, because it's the only way. We don't need any more blue ribbon committees. We don't need, I don't like to say this, and I don't even know if the American public is ready for it, and a lot of my people say, please don't say that, sir, that's not nice. They kill 500 people each on average. And if you don't do this, in China, when I was with President Xi, I said, President, do you have a drug problem? No, 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 we don't. He looked at me like I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, so look, I love it. It sounds like something I would say, the death penalty. The death penalty for drug dealers maybe seems a bit radical to some. But look, at the end of the day, he's right. If you want to stop overdoses... And the genocide, a term no one likes, but that's really what's happening with over 100,000 people a year getting killed by fentanyl alone. That's what's going on in the United States, and that's what you have to do. You have to make the penalties severe for the people who are making off with their money. You know, loads. Just there's The amount of money that these people are making with, with the illegal fentanyl coming over, over the border is, is ridiculous. Again, that's just one of the problems, one of the drugs we've gotten away from setting precedents in America. Well, we, we haven't. We just are setting really bad ones. We've got to set precedents again that there are consequences for your actions. And not only is it the street-level drug dealer that you go after, it's the cartels. It's, it's the foreign state actors who are involved. All sorts of other people. And when, when Trump was in office, he talked about launching rockets into which I had a conversation about that this morning too, launching rockets into Mexico and blowing these camps up that are making fentanyl. And of course, you know, the, the pearl clutching media was like, you can't do that. That would be an act of war if we were to launch rockets into Mexico and kill drug dealers. And he's not wrong, or they're not wrong in that sense. But again, you, you, our plan and our play right now with the Democrats in charge and, and the uniparty, I would say, is just let it happen, whatever. It is what it is. Here are yeah, the let them pay, that we let get them pay their bail so they can get on parole and get back on the streets pushing fentanyl. It's yeah. fine. At least there'll be a, you know, a, a few days where there's nothing going on. That's fine. <laughs> right. And we here, did by it. The way, three, three days. We did yeah. it. Here, here's the place where you can go support their bail efforts and get them out sooner. Uh, Cam Cam would be great for that. But again, the media is not on your side. We know that the media hates you. They love the destruction of the United States. They're all on board with the elite's plan to destroy our families in this country collectively. So they love that idea and concept just as much as the, the communist left does. And they're giddy. They don't always say those words to show those emotions, but when they report fentanyl deaths, of any Americans, they're not all heartbroken and torn up. Imagine how they would act, though, if it were illegals dying of fentanyl. Oh, my goodness. They, I mean, they would be up in arms demanding that Biden do something to stop the genocide that was occurring in the illegal alien community. They would lose their minds. 
but they don't care. It's fellow Americans who are dying. So the left doesn't give a shit. They don't care at all. Anyways, he said death penalty for that. I don't think that would actually happen, but you've got to do something. In for I know it's a novel concept, everyone. Maybe sit down for this. But we'd be so much better off if we just enforced our laws and let our law enforcement community do their jobs. I know it's crazy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Watch it. <laughs> you. <laughs> you that's crazy. A tall, that's a tall order to ask. Why would you uh, think of something that's, that's been uh, tried and true and proven to, to work for centuries now? Why do you think that would work now? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I I've lost my mind. It's you're you're right. <laughs> but he then talked. Speaking of losing your mind, the the COVID nonsense that we went through for two years, not just how it started and what it was used for and all of that, but <clears throat> the 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 rules, the mandates, the lockdowns, the the tyranny, the the enhanced division that came from all of it was absolutely. It just was crazy. The kind of stuff you never would expect to see in America, but we did. And Trump talked about Biden's COVID policies. Here's what he had to say. We will abolish every Biden COVID mandate and rehire every patriot who was fired from our military with an apology and full back pay. I love it. I love it. Look, Biden's COVID policies were all about mail-in votes. Democrats, as I, as I just said in, in the previous little section there, I, they, they could give a shit about the health of fellow Americans. That's not their thing at all. They care about votes. They care about staying in power. That's what communists do. And again, I know it's not a comfortable term to describe politicians and elected officials in America as communists, but that's what they are. Look at, look at the communist playbook and what they've done, historically speaking, and then compare it here, and you're going to feel like you're looking at a mirror, or you're, I mean, it's the same freaking thing. Trump wanting to dismantle Biden's COVID policies, his mandates, rehire people who were fired from the military and other private sector jobs, giving back pay, all of that. It's refreshing because it's what, first of all, it should have never happened. But when you have a problem like this, you have a crisis like this, a crisis of bad decision-making and bad policy. You've got to have something like that that goes very contrary to it and does the right thing, is a, is a, is a reasonable, practical, fair thought. And it's literally the exact opposite of Biden's drumbeat of, if you're not vaccinate, vaccinated, you're going to lose your job and you're going to die. Like, that's literally basically what they said. Like, well, if you're not going to play along and get the shot in the arm, we don't care. We don't care. But also, too, if, if what, what should you do for, for the holiday season? Remember, just recently, go get the jab, guys. Remember, he, yeah. he did it on TV. Yep. As he, as he got his fourth jab, which I doubt was even the real shot. Um, it was one of the other drugs he needs to survive on a daily basis. But, but uh, you know, the, the point being... The difference between President Trump's message and Joe Biden's message are night and day. Biden's all about control, forcing you to do things, where Trump's all about freedom, letting the individual have the ability to choose for themselves and their family. And to be clear, and I've said this a lot of times, I didn't like 
his approach, Trump's approach on the vaccine. I liked how he did it faster um, in terms of saying we can get it done. But with that came some problems. I like the initiative and the mindset of getting it done faster, I should say. But I don't like the result of it. And I don't like the fact that he's encouraged it for people while also saying you don't have to. That's where he gets a pass is he has said, I don't think you should have to be forced to do anything. And amen to that. And thank God for that. But he also talked about, and this is really where Trump, and you guys know this, this is not a, all the trolls, of course, think this show is only about President Trump. They're the only ones who's, who've let him rent that much space in, in, in their heads. It's not. But because we're talking about him and because he announced yesterday, one of the things that he was best, best about is, you know, the economy was amazing. The border was in better shape. The border wasn't perfect. It's never going to be. But it was in better shape. Our, our foreign policy was on point. So many things were really good, even though they were uncomfortable with his mean tweets and how he delivers things and how he picks on the media and people. I get it. But on the, the surface level, on a practical level, everyone was winning. And beyond all of that, he kept his promises and he talked about that. Here was the clip. The world was at peace. America was prospering and our country was on track for an amazing future because I made big promises to the American people and unlike other presidents, I kept my promises. I kept them. He did. I mean, he did. Like, again, like President Trump or not, whether you're Republican or Democrat, whatever your political affiliation is, whether you're on Team Trump or not, he's 100% correct on that. And I will say this, and most of us can agree, that in our lifetimes, I don't know that I've seen a president make a promise or promises and stick to his guns like that, follow through on the promises like he did. I love it because he was like, we're going to take care of ISIS. And what did he do? Sent a yeah. missile. Yeah. You know? We're going to build a <laughs> like, wall. You know, like, he did. He had to get creative to do yeah. it. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, it's his track record is outstanding in terms yeah. of governance. Again, I understand. I, I, I think some of it's hilarious and is good for the country. But I understand some of the issues people have with him because he's not traditional. But uh, look around. Nothing in our country is traditional. We can't define a woman. We have children reading pornography books in elementary school. Like, there's nothing traditional about this country anymore. It's an absolute shit show. But well, there's always baseball, uh, hot dogs, and apple pie, right? Is that yeah? Is that is that the same? Yeah, except for baseball, it's kind of pissed us off. Apple pie won't let us down. Apple yeah, pie no, but wasn't that the old? That was the old that, saying, right? Yeah, like yeah, nothing the, more American yeah. than baseball, hot dogs, and apple pie, or whatever. Yeah, yep. maybe not hot dogs because I think that came from Germany, but. From Frankfurter. Well, but you know, we can take whatever we want. Uh, yeah. We want, we're back to back World War champions. Um, but you look at Joe, and he promised all these Gen Zers that he was going to get rid of their student debt, which was a flat out lie. He absolutely knew what he was doing with the loan forgiveness was unconstitutional, but he said it anyways, just to get the votes. He said he wasn't going to get rid of our oil 
And on day one, he went in there and wiped out everything. And when it comes, taking a step back, when it comes to the educational stuff and, and the loan forgiveness, I mean, Gen Zers who showed up and voted. Now, I will tell you this. They played a, a huge part in some of the losses this midterm. We, 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 I think it was last week. We shared the statistics of that. And the numbers, it was a 28-point increase with that generation. But they got played. Man, they, they, they might have voted, but they got played. They, they were low-information voters, and now we're paying for their mistakes. There's a, there's a common thread and theme with, with Gen Zers and millennials is that we're paying for their mistakes. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And again, well, I, let's let's move on. But the, but as the speech was going, he also on, said he was going to cure cancer. Yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's amazing. Says a guy who doesn't know where he is, craps his pants, and then gets lost and can't find his way off the stage. That's that's for anyone who bought into any of those things. Um, man, I tell you what, you're you're helpless. You just are. And I know that that sounds mean, and it's mean because it it it's it's true. Um. It, it just is what it is. But as the speech was going on, I haven't seen a soundbite yet from Joe. I'm sure he tried talking. But, but as the speech was going on, the White House tweeted out like a thread, like a list in a, a Twitter thread about all of their so-called accomplishments. And it was hilarious. Like they're so, so Trump's there, you know, comparing and contrasting things talking about how shitty things are now. And again, they are. I mean, the, the poll numbers for Joe are in, in the pits. They're, they're so bad. No one thinks he's doing a good job. No one is happy with the economy. No one is happy with things. That doesn't mean that, that some of the Democrats are like, oh, we should have voted Trump in. Like, no, they're not thinking that because they were brainwashed. They're stupid, and, and, and they hate people just because they're told to hate people. But they're also not happy <clears throat> with where we are now. So as, as, as the speech is going on, they start putting this stuff out. And we've got – do we have more than this one? This – just so you know, this has to be the most images we have for one story in the history of our show. Okay, all the just tweets. Just so you know. All the tweets. So here we go. <laughs> so here's their first one. President Biden has gotten a lot done. Here's what you may have missed. And then they just start tweeting it out. Created 10 million jobs. Created and let's just let's just let's just, let me just kind of go through some of these individually. Created ten million jobs, which is a bunch of bullshit. As we keep saying, guys, and it, you don't have to be anything more than a kindergartner to understand. You can't lock people down for two years, and then when they go back to work, say you've created jobs. That's literally fantasy. It's fiction. It's not true. It's not reality. You're a horrible person, and so is everyone who works for you. Created seven hundred thousand new manufacturing jobs which is more bullshit. They, they, these are also inflated numbers based on workers returning to work after being locked down. So you're 0 for 2 here, as, as opposed to Trump, who throughout his speech was laying out real successes and victories that affected you know, all Americans. Then you've got Medicare. Has the, uh, gave Medicare the power to negotiate prescription drug costs. Medicare... Uh, that was already the case. Trump started it. Yeah, like, Trump started that. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like I, I don't understand what you're saying there. Capped out of pocket expenses for um prescription drugs drug costs at two thousand dollars a year for seniors. That's true, but 
at the same time, increased prescription drug costs for people who aren't seniors. So you've got, you've got all sorts of, of nonsense going on there. Um, all right, let's keep going here. Took the most aggressive climate action in American history. Yes, and you've sank the country because of it. Lowered the deficit with the single largest nominal reduction in American history. <laughs> These things are so laughable. Signed the CHIPS and Science Act to lower everyday costs and create manufacturing jobs. Let's, let's, keep, let's keep scrolling through here. Changed the course of the pandemic and jump-started the economic recovery through the American Rescue Plan. Again, categorically false. You kept things locked down. You chose to lift restrictions when it benefited you politically, and then you took credit for adding jobs that you took away from people. Well, also during that same period, during that same period unconstitutionally, mandating that people get the vaccines to keep their jobs, determining who's quote-unquote essential and not essential in society. It, it was made a once-in-a-generation investment in our nation's infrastructure. Almost that entire infrastructure deal had very little to do with actual infrastructure. Climate change. Other stuff. Not, not infrastructure. Signed the most significant gun violence prevention legislation in nearly 30 years as they continue to chip away at your Second Amendment rights, which, guys, do not let them do that. I'm telling you, look at Australia, look at Canada, look at some of the places, look at people further back in history. Do not, do not, and I know everyone here is in, in agreement, do not give up your Second Amendment rights. It will end horribly for you. All right. Sign the most ex significant expansion of benefit and, uh, benefits and services for toxic exposed veterans in more than 30 years. All right. Let's talk about that. That, that translated basically what he's saying there, what they're doing, I should say, is they're making our warrior class dependent on the government, keeping them drugged up and docile. So when it comes time for the government to take over, nobody will fight back. He goes on and talks about he nominated Justice Katanji Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court. And she was only nominated because of her race and her gender. And that's according to Joe Biden. She can't even define what a woman is. It's weird to think that she's the best and the brightest. And that's all that was available for the nomination. But we're not going to dig back into that. Pardoned all prior federal and D.C. offenses of simple marijuana possession. That's not an accomplishment. That's literally like 0.001% of the federal inmate population. Try again. Maybe, maybe at some point here they'll get a point that actually sticks. Signed an executive, two executive orders pr protecting reproductive rights. I.e., we want to make sure you can kill your babies, especially the Blackwoods, which sounds awful. That's not me. That's the Democrats. That's what they believe. Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, one of their heroes, said it herself that blacks were an inferior race and abortion was good to keep their population down. Again, that's not me. Those are the words of Democrats. Authorized the successful counterterrorism mission against the leaders of Al-Qaeda and ISIS. 
I mean, if you're talking Good about point. successful ISIS operations, um, first of all, Trump Trump went after them in a in a big way, put them down. The only ISIS operation that I can really recall with you guys is you killing Afghans, five of which were children, in response to the attack that never should have happened under your leadership on 13 American service members in Kabul in the waning days of the war there. And then you told us it was an ISIS leader when you just really just threw something over the side, killed a family, an interpreter, some children, and called it a victory until people called you on it. And then eventually you had to come out and apologize. That's the only one I can think of when it comes to ISIS. But advanced um, equity and racial uh, justice, including historic criminal justice reform. For them, I mean, if you mean establishing two different judicial systems based on race, then yes, you've succeeded by all means. But the list goes on and on, citing all the failures of this administration and trying to make it look like their successes. And if you're a Democrat, you got to remember, we talk about this a lot, you know, failure is a success. Failure is a success for these people. Failure for the country means they're doing what they want to do, what they want to accomplish. I mean, look at, look at two of the biggest losers in the Democrat Party, Beto O'Rourke and Stacey Abrams. They're the darlings because they're such losers. You live in an environment, an environment where merit doesn't matter. You know, performance doesn't matter. Only intersectionality does. These guys, wow, next level. So all that to say, long thread. You show you all the pictures there. Almost all of those things are either things that they did not do or they did and, and they have not helped our country whatsoever. So keep, keep that thread going. Keep telling people what a disaster you are. Uh, my favorite one is the one on this one where it says vaccinated 78% of American adults fully against COVID-19. But yet, even though you're fully vaccinated, you can still get COVID. 100%. And <laughs> vast, vast majority of that number were forced to get it. It's like taking credit for jobs that you took away and then, and then turning them back on and saying, see all the jobs we created? We've gotten so many people vaccinated. Yeah, because you threatened them. You, you either scared them with fear porn for a virus that had a 99.9% .9 survival rate or you told them literally, if you do not do this, you will lose your job and your family will starve and die. That, I mean, like, of course your numbers are going to be high. Man, this government kills me. All right, speaking of this government, Mitch McConnell. Let's, let's shift some gears here to another communist, this time one who's on the Republican side in finger parents. Here's cocaine Mitch talking about being the, uh, the minority leader again. Take a listen. I think it's pretty obvious we may or may not uh, be um, voting tomorrow. Uh, but I think the outcome is pretty clear. I want to repeat again, uh, I have the votes. I will be elected. The only issue is whether we do it sooner or later. And I think we'll probably have another discussion about that uh, tomorrow. <laughs> that dude. I mean, this scumbag, he, he's about as dirty as they come. I know he looks like just this weird, strange-looking old man, but he is dirty. And remember, one of the things he did when Trump was president is he forced Trump to take his wife, Elaine Chao, to be the Secretary of Transportation. 
And why did he do that? Well, we all know the answer by now. He, she has deep ties with the Chinese shipping companies over there. Um, and it benefited them. Cocaine, uh, Mitch is a dirty, slimy swamp creature. As dirty as they come. And the two assholes who were behind him, the one I know was John Barrasso. I couldn't really see who the other one was. But they're also just commie pieces of crap that need to be thrown out of the Republican Party. They don't re represent Republican values. They don't represent this country. Hell, they don't like this country. And they represent, McConnell in particular, everything that is wrong with the GOP. I hope and pray that Rick Scott can unseat him. And then Mitch can take his saggy bag of bones back to Kentucky, sit by a lake, feed some ducks, and never talk again. But Mitch the bitch wasn't done. We're not done with Mitch. He had one other thing to say. He had a lot to say, in fact, about the candidates that didn't win in the midterm elections. Here was that. One of the criticisms from Senator Scott and others who agree with him is that your decision not to have an agenda to run on opened up Republican candidates to attacks that they didn't really stand for anything. What is your response to the criticism that you are partially responsible for? Every one of our candidates knew what they were for, uh, expressed it quite clearly. Uh, it's pretty obvious, and all of you have been writing about it, uh, what happened. We underperformed among independents and moderates because their impression of many of the people in our party in leadership roles is that they're involved in chaos, negativity, uh, excessive uh, attacks, and it, it frightened uh, independent and moderate Republican voters. And we saw that, which is why you all recall I never predicted a red wave. We never saw that in any of our polling in the states that we were counting on uh, to win. There was no way. We had national issue set that was favorable. But as a result of our own, uh, the perception many of them had that we were not dealing with issues in a responsible way and that we were spending too much time on negativity and uh, attacks and chaos, they were frightened, and so they pulled back. Uh, we, in two states, for example, <clears throat> excuse me, in two states, for example, got just crushed by independent voters, Arizona and New Hampshire. So we learned some lessons about this, and I think the lesson's pretty clear. Senate races are different. Candidate quality, you recall I said in August, is important. And in most of our states, we've met that test. In a few of them, we did not. All right. So Mitch is your stereotypical gutless, spineless Republican, who, by the way, I'm hearing from the staff here, we'll, we'll confirm it was just reelected. Uh, that vote did end up happening. Um, and it looks like we're stuck with more of him. But he, sta look, he stands for nothing except for his own self-interest. He doesn't give a shit about any Republican voters. All he cares about his his own party, excuse me, his own values and his, his uniparty. His buddies in D.C., they've all been there for like 400 years. And he needs to go. He needs to go. He's so out of touch. He doesn't realize, or he does and he doesn't care, which is worse, that most Americans on either side of the aisle hate his guts. They don't like him. 
They want him gone. They loathe his very existence. His power needs to be neutered. And and here we are. I mean, literally, and it is now confirmed. He, he's just been reelected as the minority leader. And we just don't learn. We just don't learn. And 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 for those of us who do and understand, the system is so against us that it doesn't matter. It's it's frustrating. I'm telling you, it's so frustrating to 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 be where we're at with this and to see, you know, now I was hoping. I mean, I literally moments before said I hope Rick Scott can win. And I did. And I wish that still was a possibility. But but here we are. He's he's been reelected as we've been live here on the air. Um and that's that's not great. Barb, you said uh, I hope that there's some good news today. Bring some good news, Drew. There is some good news that we've we've, you know, We've outlined some good news that happened earlier in the show, but there's also bad news. That's, you know, and, and now there's more bad news with Mitch. We're going to talk about the bad news that happened yesterday in Poland with those missiles. We're going to talk about Raphael Warnock, John Fetterman, a couple other things. All that's coming up on the other side of the break. Real quick, though, before we go to break, please hit that like button, whichever platform you're on. Plus sign on Rumble. It's the Boxing Glove if you're on the Rumble app. If you're on Getter, if you're on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you are, please just hit that positive button, continue to engage, share with friends, and we will look forward to seeing you in just a quick minute here. Stick around. Are you watching what's happening in the world today? Global pandemic, dramatic stock market volatility, trade wars with China, U.S. debt piling up, banks charging negative interest rates, the Fed printing money again. World economies are poised for a major freefall. In 2008, many Americans lost a large portion of their retirement savings. Fortunately, those who were protected invested in physical gold and silver. Historically, when the stock market has crashed, gold and silver have increased in value and have protected investors from crippling losses. You see, gold and silver can act like an insurance policy. For decades, savvy investors have taken advantage of an IRS loophole that allows one to add physical gold, silver, or other precious metals to their retirement savings. What else can physical gold and silver do for you? Privatize your savings. With banking and online financial systems alone, you really only have paper currency and bank receipts. At GoldCo, we're here to help you protect and grow your life savings. Our specialists assist you in two ways. One, buying physical gold and silver direct. Two, facilitating the transfer or rollover from your existing retirement account into a self-directed IRA. Our process is fast, easy, and no cost to you. There are three simple steps to setting up a self-directed IRA. First, we help you open your new IRA account with a quick application. Second, you'll choose how you would like to fund it. Third, we'll help you select the metals that best fit your investment goals and ship them to your account. That's it. With more than a decade of experience and thousands of satisfied customers, the Gold Co. team remains committed to helping individuals like you safeguard and grow their retirement savings.
Well, things got interesting yesterday during the show, right before the show, I guess, kind of at the same time, when we heard that two Russian missiles had gone astray, struck inside the border of Poland, of course, a NATO member, killing two people. And as we all said and thought at the time, uh uh-oh, oh, this isn't good. And the hope at the time was, well, you know, maybe this wasn't an intended target. It was just missiles that went off course, sadly landed in Poland, killing two people. Maybe we can work this out. But even that, even that mistake, which is what we talked about, the concern has been is you're a, a mistake or even a misinterpretation away from sparking all out world war. And we're hearing different stuff now. But it still doesn't make total sense. And look, I know that uh, Putin's a bad guy. I know that there's so much back and forth between the left and the right and the the four people in the center that say the Republicans are just defending Putin and this, that, and the other, and the left is doing this and defending Zelensky. No, no, no. no. None of it's, first of all, none of it's that simple. Putin's a bad guy. He is our enemy. I think he has balls. I always say that. He's got big balls. He's willing to go after what he wants. And damn the torpedoes, he's going to do it. But I also don't think he's suicidal. If he were, this thing would have been kicked off a long time ago. We'd be in a full-blown world war. But we've done everything in our power. The United States, our our allies, our partners, our our so-called friends in Ukraine. To escalate this war from, you know, all of the military assets that we've provided to them to troops right outside the Ukrainian border, to troops inside the Ukrainian border, or border, excuse me, advising, to sabotaging the Nord Stream pipeline. What, pick your poison. Whatever, whatever we've done, we've done a lot. None of it has caused Putin to escalate his tactics and involve us in a hot war. So once again, this whole thing seems just very fishy. And it's hard to cut through all the propaganda in a war like this that has been so ripe with propaganda the whole time that it's hard to know. And again, I've told you that coming from the intel community, coming from this background, fighting in wars like this where it's not called something, but you're, you know, you're doing something very different. And it's hard to cut through. And it's even harder when you're at a point in time like we are here in America where no one trusts our government. You don't trust the intel community, the military community, at least when it comes to things of of this nature. Again, dudes on the ground, people on the street, awesome. As American and as awesome a people as they come. But leadership on the seventh floor of some of these buildings, whatever floor it might be at other ones, big problems there. Big problems there. They're the ones who have the most to gain from a hot war. Well, it was, you know, one thing that was, you know, especially when it first started, there was a lot of things that were coming out that that felt like, ooh, this is good. Remember, like, those that they, those the story of the one uh, air, uh, the fighter pilot that, like, shot down six. The ghost of Russian Kiev. Yeah, it's yeah, the ghost yeah. of Kiev. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And then that ended up like, no, that wasn't true. And then... Um, did we ever find out if like they're mocking Jay, like they're the the like the Miss Ukraine or whatever? Was she actually fighting, or was that again just propaganda? You know what I mean? I, it was I it was like a too good was, to be true moment. Yeah. You know, it was just like 
all these things where it's like, ooh, and I could, I bet you if we were there on the ground, if we were Ukraine, we were there, we'd be like, yes, like, let's go, you know, because it would just, it, it's it's what it's for. It's to fuel them to fight, to get up, say, no, I want to defend my country, and I get it. But when all these things coming from the outside for us, it's like, why do we keep sending aid when all these things that keep coming up, it's like it just falls flat. It's not really true. Right. What's really going on? Right. No. Well, you've not got- saying that. Not saying that the attacks that Russia are doing are true. I'm just saying it's just you know it's just like this. What you know, it's so hard to be able to back this up standing on our side, being like, okay, why would we put our necks out? Because Russia's already said, if you if any of you help them out, we're coming after you too. Like, okay, why 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 would we even poke the bear? Right. Why? Well, it's you know what they're saying. Totally. What they're, and what they're saying now is you can throw this sweet this tweet up here is you've got officials saying that preliminary assessments indicate the missile that struck Poland was by Ukrainian forces at an incoming Russian missile. So it was, it was in this case, you know, according to these officials, who at first, the intel community at first came out and said, yes, we believe these to be Russian missiles. Now you've got that being walked back down, saying it was Ukrainians. And again, it's hard to, to cut through all of this, but we've got people on our side who are hell-bent on this war escalating for whatever reasons, and they, they, have, their, they have their reasons as, as to why they want. First of all, they want to justify their jobs, and whatever war comes about, they're going to be totally fine, and then they're going to get their job on the board of directors at some big defense company. They're going to be a talking head for, for the, the mainstream media, all the while sending 18 to 35-year-old males, men and women, in fact, over there sacrificing these people destroying their futures maiming them you know killing them and and the ones who make it back putting that making them dependent on the government which which again kind of to the point earlier make no mistake about it this particular administration our government writ large is hell-bent on making our warrior class there's this quiet purge going on in the military right now there has been the last two years but they're hell-bent on weight making them feeble weak dependent on the government once their time in the military is over but but back uh, to kind of where things are now fast forward real quick to to, to today and the story really just is more confusing because you've got officials who said they were stray rockets now they were shot down by ukrainians and 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 maybe it was debris that went over and there's lots of speculation about did the united states do this you know, orchestrate this so it looked this way to help drag us in? Did the Ukrainians do it? Did did a combination of both do it, all with the effort of, of making it seem like justification? Was this just a legitimate part of war and legitimate collateral damage, which does happen? And what's infuriating about it is that we likely won't know the real answer, but we should all be questioning why. Why? Are we in this situation to start, which we always talk about? Why are we putting ourselves in a, in a situation with so many points of vulnerability, so many points of failure? And why, despite all that's on the line, do U.S. officials, NATO officials, the so-called friends in Ukrainian, corrupt douchebags over there, why do they all want all-out war? No, yeah, it... Uh, I mind what I wanted to interject earlier was I wish I would have taken a screenshot of it because CNN, when they first posted the missile attack, you know, it said, you know, uh, missile attack in Ukraine killed two. And it said U.S. officials, 
and uh, and it was like confirmed. That's what it said. And then I'm, I'm what? And then I a few minutes later I refreshed it and they put they put the colon in between because it made it look like it. They said two U.S. officials were confirmed dead. Uh-huh. I was like, all right, like, whoops. Like, like I was, I was like, wow, like and we're not doing anything about this. Like, you know? but I was like, no, but they had put the colon in. But uh, but no, I think this is just. It, it, someone said, where's the money going? It's so much money. G- you know, Ginger said that. It's just, it's true. Where's it going? We're sending all this money. What? Right. Where's it going? It's fishy. It's fishy. Everything about this is fishy. And again, everyone loses if this escalates. Everyone. I, I mean, the the old saying is it's it's uh, something's fishy in Denmark, but I guess we could say something's fishy in, in Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. Is it or or sense, Poland right? in this case. It's just all yeah, over Poland, Europe. Yeah. It's just straight up fishy. Um, Joe was asked his thoughts. Well, we got two clips of Joe. He, first, he was asked his thoughts about the missile strike in Poland. Here's, here's what he said. Mr. President, can you tell us what you know so far about the explosion in Poland, sir? No. Thanks, President. One word, one syllable, no. No, and I and look, I get it. It's an active crisis situation. If it wasn't planned, if it wasn't something that he knew about, you can't share national, you know, intelligence information and stuff like that. I get it. But one word. No, no qualification for your one-word answer. And then he just stared ahead with those black, lifeless eyes of his. And he just, I mean, literally, the lights are on there with him, but nobody's home. That's the look he's giving the world when, when the eyes are actually open. Sometimes he just straight up falls asleep with these things now. I think, I think uh, uh, you know, a better answer could have been not at this time. Right. That that would have been better. Or or not we, just, we're not no. a liber- I'm not at liberty to share that kind of information. Yeah. We're you know we're working with our partners yeah. to get to the bottom. Any anything that shows, I'm aware of what's going on. <laughs> we're talking about it. You know we get the severity of this. Just no. And then the blank stare. Um, I wish I could get away with that. Right. No. Yeah. Next but he, question. I mean, this is why he Moving doesn't on. instill any sort of confidence in the American people whatsoever. Unless you're part of the Communist Party and you just think he's nifty. He's so great, golly gee. But he's like every other leftist walking the planet. They're all talk, but when it comes down to it, they're just spineless cowards. All leftists are weak, spineless cowards, and Joe's no exception. Thank you, by the way, Samantha. Appreciate you being here. But once he got his meds right, you know, they gave him some more medication, some more shots, some more whatever. He re-upped. Um, or he, he, he took another stab, I should say, at, at answering this question about the missile being fired from Russia, which is what was being reported at the time, I should say. Here was his response the second go-around. Mr. President, is it too early to say whether this missile was fired from Russia? There is preliminary information that contests that. I don't want to say that till we completely investigate but it, it is, uh, I, 
it's unlikely in the minds of the trajectory that it was fired from Russia. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right, so now Mr. Tough Guy's backpedaling. And I'm look, I'm glad he did. Because we do not want a hot war with Russia. So I'd rather have him look like a weakling and backpedal in every announcement he's, he's made about Russia, not just on the missiles, but all of it, than drag us into something. And of course, by the way, he's, he's giving more money to Ukraine this week, asked for $37 million more which I don't know how that's going to work because FTX is out of business now. So I don't know how he gets his 10% if the middleman's been cut out. I, I don't know. We'll figure that out later. But there's more funds being sent over there when, as, as you always know to be true, we've got way more important issues right here at home. But let's transition. Warnock, Raphael Warnock, who's in a runoff. December 6th is the runoff election with Herschel Walker in Georgia. The slumlord senator had some interesting comments about the residents in his apartment building living in squalor. Let's take a listen. A, a whole lot of folk in America right now who are mad. There are a whole lot of folk in the land who are mad and they are angry and they are vicious and they, they don't have the wherewithal to see the big picture. And so and there are other folk who are trying to stir them up and they bite folk who are easy to bite because they happen to be nearby instead of dealing with the larger hellish situation. That's what we mean when we say we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places that creates hellish situations and then causes other folk to bite one another. They attach themselves, even in church. Sometimes, especially in church, they poison the warmth of the fellowship with vicious and venomous words. Vicious and venomous words. Lying and backbiting. Can I be honest with you? I've been a bit troubled in recent weeks. Not because of the attacks on me, I can take it. And I agreed to do this. following what I believe to be the unction of the Spirit. I've been troubled by the folk who have the nerve and the unmitigated audacity to attack the church, to attack the church of Jesus Christ to attack the Ebenezer Baptist Church, 
forgive me, this, this is the pastor in me speaking. I, I, you know, that to attack the spiritual home of Martin Luther King Jr., America's Freedom Church, we know who we are. This is America's Freedom Church. Let me tell you who we are. Because when, when you attack Ebenezer Baptist Church, you're not just attacking a single church, you're attacking a spiritual tradition. Church tradition built by slaves who helped save America from its worst instincts. The anti-slavery church. The anti-segregation church. Howard Thurman, that great spiritual leader said, by some amazing but vastly creative spirituality, the slave undertook the redemption of a religion that the master had profaned in his midst. In other words, we weren't simply converted to Christianity. We converted the Christianity that was given to us that was intended to make us docile and obedient and we transformed it into a liberating faith. And out of that tradition, Ebenezer Baptist Church was born. And out of that tradition, Martin Luther King Jr. stood. And he didn't just save black America. He saved America from this worst self. That's who we are. And he emerged with the SCLC, whose motto was to redeem the soul of America. And right about now, we need some more redemption. Because there's a kind of venom and viciousness that's being spewed throughout the land. <laughs> Venom and viciousness, yes, it's, it's coming from you. And you can always tell when a black politician or race hustler is trying to divert attention from themselves. It's just obvious. They rely on the old shuck and jive cadence in their speech. They don't actually talk about anything. They just make sentences that rhyme and go for applause lines at the end of each sentence, which is what Raphael just did there. The dude is a total charlatan scumbag. And if we had an honest media, we don't, obviously. I'm sure they would find out all sorts of additional dirty secrets. There's plenty that exist already on Warnock, which somehow didn't sink him in the last election. But again, he's a Democrat. So it doesn't matter. Nothing will be done. Nothing will be said. Anything that is said or brought up and gets to a higher level will be dismissed. And I fear that even though it doesn't matter at this point in terms of control in the Senate, I still fear that this is not going to go well on the December 6th runoff. 
But <clears throat> I had to show that. <clears throat> Sorry that it was a long clip. <clears throat> All right. Speaking of um, child molesting Democrats, take a look at this recent picture here of old Fetter Nuts in D.C. at his new office. Do you notice anything weird? Can we zoom in a little, Disco? How far you want to zoom in? <laughs> I mean, just a little bit further. It says first day, you know, first day at the office. That's good. That's good right there. You can see the sign. You can see John and his, his wife. So there's 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 something kind of odd. And, and and keep it up there just, just while we talk through this, because half a brain, John Fetterman, is only, and maybe fittingly so, in half of the picture. Well, his commie wife is taking up the entire frame <laughs> with an only fo- only fans post. The, the the caption of this picture should be tell me who's in charge without telling me who's in charge. Cuz it's obvious that she's the one running the show. And that the brain dead cadaver standing next to her, half of him standing next to her in the picture is not in charge. Is not the senator. She is. And she'll make a great member of the squad. She's rude, hateful, vindictive, unapologetically hates America, Americans. Is willing to use and abuse her brain-dead husband. I mean, you can't ask for a better squad member. She totally fits the bill. Now, if she had, like, a track record of, like, how Ryan Reynolds, whenever he says, like, you know, happy birthday to uh, Blake, it's always just, like, a picture of him with her, like, just cropped out. Like, he's been doing that for years. Right. And it's a joke. But for her, it's like her track record shows that she just wants to be in the limelight. Yeah. She wants to, and she Dan- just wants to be shown. Yeah. Like, the, there it is. Check me out. It's just, it's so, and again, shame on the people. I know there was fraud there, too. I know there was election engineering. There was all sorts of stuff happening there. We've shown some clips. But, but shame on the people of that state of Pennsylvania. Not not the good ones. There's great people there. But shame on the collective for voting in, again, a dead guy in Tony DeLuca, who was, who was dead a month prior to the election and won in a landslide victory there. And for voting in this guy. And moreover, shame on her. Like with Joe Biden, we talk about it all the time. Shame on her for not stopping this from happening. But she was so power hungry. She wanted this so bad for herself that she was willing to let her, you know, just disaster of a husband even before the stroke continue running after the stroke, embarrass the state, their family, our country now. Uh, it's it's despicable. Uh, okay, I want to touch on, let's see, where, where are we at? Let's, let's do this real quick. Before we do Meme-tastic to kind of wrap things up for the week, because a reminder, folks, we're not here tomorrow, we're not here Monday. Uh, I'm going to be on the road. <clears throat> let's just look at one. Um, let's go to the Daryl Brooks clip. If we've got it. Yeah, here we go. So Daryl Brooks, the black separatist who drove his car through a Christmas parade in Waukesha, targeting and killing only white people had to listen to victim impact statements. And he was not happy about it. <laughs> Take a listen. Here's the tape. You told them courts in session, be quiet. They all would. Everyone was able to do that except Daryl Brooks. I think he was able to do it. I just don't think he wanted to. I just think this is all part of his charade. 
this referring to himself in the third person, trying to distract him or, or detract himself, I should say, from the events, taking absolutely no responsibility. It's the act of a narcissistic coward. Those words have been used here today and nothing could be further from the truth. He is a coward. He ran like a scared little chicken from this parade, trying to slither away in the dark of night, but only to stop long enough and try and take advantage of good citizens that would help him. He calls and lies to his mom, right? Get me an Uber. I can't get into it. He lies to the officers. He's getting repeatedly. uncomfortable. We saw the time of his arrest. We heard the testimony from Daniel Ryder, a good man with good intentions and a good heart who took this murderer into his home and held him there long enough for the police to come and take him away without any knowledge whatsoever of what had gone on. He takes advantage of everyone. He's extremely manipulative. He absolutely thinks he's in control of everything. When in fact, as he sits here in custody, he's in control of nothing except for his own behavior. Mr. Brooks, be quiet. Except I'm for not his... gonna sit here and be disrespected. Mr. Brooks, be quiet. I'm not gonna You'll sit here and be disrespected. These are sentencing arguments and they can make them. So I could do the same thing? Mr. Brooks, there's nothing disrespectful. They're doing it in yes, a respectful way. Yes, it is. Okay, way. call me out of my name again. Go ahead, Tony Opper. Judge, the, these are the facts. You heard from so many of these parents. I mean, seriously, what a piece of shit this guy is, right? Typical Democrat, worthless piece of just... You know, I mean, he's just like, you murdered it, multiple people, ran down tons of others, including children. You decided to represent yourself, make a mockery of yourself and your family. And then when someone's telling the story of what you did, I'm being disrespected. Dude, I hope that you rot in prison for the left, rest of your life or are man raped in prison the rest of your life. Because you're a worthless soul. You, you mean nothing. The world will not miss you. It's such next level oddness that's going on with this dude. Who, again, I mean, just weeks ago was building a barrier with boxes so he couldn't be seen by the judge. Who, by the way, is one of the most attractive judges in the country. And I love she tells him, be quiet, Mr. Brooks. Basically, shut up. It's, that, that part was great. Uh, but the rest. The good thing to know is when he does, you know, serve his time, that all the warden has to do is just play that tape on repeat in his cell over and over again, and it's gonna torture him. Yes, yes. The yeah, there's nothing wrong with me. I promise. <laughs> I'm good. I'm just gonna, um, just gonna do that. All right, let's finish up with meme tastic. We don't have a ton today, I don't think, but let's do some meme-tastic, and then head into an early weekend. And thanks for all the well wishes on, on the trip, Deb. I'm not bringing the boat. This is, this is a different kind of different trip. But um, I appreciate you and Barb and so many others' comments. Um, I'm looking forward to being back with you guys next Tuesday. It'll be great. Okay. Uh, this is that meme. That's meme-tastic. 
That's, that's meme tastic. That's meme tastic. We should do that one more time. All right. Feed it. Feed. Feed the meme tastic machine. Send us something. All right. Here's a. Yeah, I think we got like five, four or five. Not, not that many, but okay. Here we go. All right, we got Joe Biden shits himself. We got Nancy Pelosi full of shit. Chuck Schumer, a shit stirrer. By the way, Chuck Schumer today asked for amnesty for 11 million illegal immigrants um, in a press conference. AOC thinks she's the shit. John Fetterman shit for brains. And, and then Katie Hobbs doesn't do shit. Correct. Correct. I mean, I, you know, just, just straight up truthful. It's, it's, it's almost not funny because those are people making decisions for our country. Yep. This yep. is a great one here. I don't know who did this, but we got Liz Cheney and Mike Pence holding a baby. Mike Pence holding the baby by the crotch, who happens to be Adam Kinzinger. Um, <laughs> I thought that was was well done, well, very appropriate, and and delightful. This one's just <laughs> it's funny and it's true and it's not funny all at the same time. We got Katie Hobbs, who says. How do you win an election without campaigning? Because she didn't. She didn't even debate. And the answer is, you run the election yourself, says the Secretary of State. By the way, she's holding a bottle of uh, Kraken there. Hmm. Is it upside down? Yeah, yeah, like she's holding it by, like, the... The neck? The neck, yeah. Okay. Is that Kraken good? I've heard people talk about it. I haven't had Kraken. I've had it before. It's pretty good. Is it like a spice drum? Yes, it okay. is a spiced rum. See, I can't do that. Um, I want just straight rum. Yeah, like it's it, it it's okay. It, it, I would say it's good to mix if you want to mix. So okay, yeah, good to know. Um, what Chinese products can you do without? I will go first. Joe Biden. Yes, perfect. I, I concur. <laughs> I. Why does it look like that's at like a beach like uh, diner? It does, you with know, the kind of those those slap fence at the, yeah. Good point. All right, and then this last one, uh, we kind of dabbled into it. This is actually one I added, so you don't even know about this one. Okay. Federal appeals court. So, so it's a it's a faux headline. Federal appeals court blocks Biden student debt relief program nationwide. Uh, well, that's that that not that. And that's not that's that's the right that's, headline. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> But you said you were going to cancel my student debt. That was a four. That was four or five months ago, Jack. The midterms are over. The teleprompter wants me to talk about climate change in Ukraine now. That's awesome. As he's eating ice cream. <laughs> that was that was actually from a family member of mine. She posted on her uh, stories on Instagram. I'm like, this is. I gotta grab it. So, <laughs> so that was. I was like, this is priceless. You can't beat that one. That is. That's fabulous. I love it. Um. I tell you what, I, our country's in tatters. It's going the wrong direction. There's no positive news there. There's no good way to spin it. There are some silver linings. There are some good things happening. But the saving graces and the silver lining with this as, as things go off the rails is we have people like Joe Biden, John Fetterman, Katie Hobbs, all these people, AOC, who are just just treasure troves when it comes to content. So uh, I guess we'll take that. We'll take some some good memes there at the end of the day and the end of the week for us, and we'll ride it out with that. Reminder, not here tomorrow. We're not doing booze and banter today, but we will be back Tuesday 
Tuesday, we'll do Tuesday, we'll do Wednesday, we'll do a special little hangout session on Thursday, not a full show uh, since it's Thanksgiving. We all got to be cooking and eating our asses off. So we'll look forward to seeing you Tuesday. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Treat it like an extended weekend. Kind of go on like a mini vacation like me. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Be safe, be smart, be free. Just heard Drew Berquist. Tune in weekdays on every major podcast provider or on DrewBerquist.com.